team, family, squadron. Today we've got a guest very near and dear to my heart. Yes. We've got third year, first time Golden Door winner, an overall great guy, Dad to Brooks. We've got Drew Wood, aka Hotwood, yes. ready to ready to drop bars and uh maybe pull a few tears. I can't wait to see what we've got in store today. But as for right now, welcome out to yet another episode, another landing pad. Hotwood. I forgot about that one. Did you go by Hotwood this summer? Not so much this summer. Yeah, that was a North Carolina thing. That was. That was, man. And it was hot. Like, it was. It worked. And <laughs> I remember when I was doing a podcast, I just like, here's another, his name's Hot. And I was like, Wood. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel <laughs> oh, about no. that. But we're so glad to have you on. We just asked him. Well, we asked you, Drew, when like, oh, your first time on the podcast. But you were on back when we had like the three, three of the top rookies from the previous year. And it just made sense. You had to go on a, a year, do 400K that previous, that that next year. But it just made sense to level a up. And now, K, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we round on this program. We round up. <laughs> we actually don't usually round up, for the, for the record. We round down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Drew, wait, we're so glad to have you. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing great. Thanks. Hey, we're, happy to have, on, we're happy to have you here. We're happy to it's have you here. So, Drew, we want the people to know who they're talking to, right? You're here at the table. We wanted to give your, uh, your uh, street cred where it was due. 2021 was your first summer at the grit. Mm -hmm. 360 accounts, 272 K 2022 at the grit, 400 accounts. Oh, 355 K. I just read it wrong. 355 K this last year. Uh, you jumped to 672 accounts, 662 K. So three years you started off. Well, Drew, would you say that you feel like you're like naturally talented at this job and it was like a steady progression? Um, or do you feel like a lot of it was just more hard work? Like this jump from 355 to 662 is obviously a lot more drastic than 272 to 355. What do you attribute that jump to? Natural ability, work ethic. Talk us through that. Yeah. Uh, to answer your first question, I don't, I feel like I'm like generally pretty talented at most things I try out and do. And I think a lot of guys will feel pretty similar. Um, but I remember my first day on the doors, I think I was with Calvin. Drops me off. Yeah. Bagel. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> maybe this isn't for me whatsoever. Um, but again, I was like super determined to make it work. Um, eventually got one the next day. Yep. Um, but yeah, like th I think there's like a ton of different factors that attributed the jump from year two to year three. And like, honestly, I have like so many thoughts on it. Um, but like, I think the biggest thing for me and like I'll, I'll like continue to reiter like reiterate this throughout the podcast is like the hope and like belief versus just like the expectation of like what I want to get done. Right. Cause year two, um, I, I like, I wanted to do a golden door. Like who doesn't like, did I you, wanted to, uh, and I like told people, I was like, yeah, I want to do it. But there's like a totally different thing versus like hoping and wanting it compared to like fully expecting it out of yourself. And I feel like that's where the biggest jump came from. Like I believe that I was capable of doing a golden door, but like, I didn't believe I was going to do it. 
right? So those are like two very different things. And so like I even put on my phone um, when I decided to do it, I think it was after, was it that fall GPS? I wrote on my phone like 650K, it's done. And like, that's, that's like the biggest difference instead of like hoping I like fully expect it out of myself. And that's like why I attribute the biggest jump for us, you know, when did you start to realize in this progression? Because as a first time guest here on the pad, we don't know some of the backstory. And so when did you feel that selling like started to become more comfortable? Was it after a month, after two months? And what were the things that you did other than just working the hours and continuing the inputs that you saw really help you get to the point where you're selling, you know, 272 K your first year golden door by year three, what was the progression of comfortability with selling and, and what did you do to, to start making it a little bit more comfortable? Yeah. Um, so first year started off obviously in North Carolina and like I eventually got to the point where I was selling like two, three a day and I was like, okay, this is my floor. Like I, I at least can do this every day. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do, but then like for me, the big eye opener is when we made that jump to Grand Rapids and I went out and I was like, all right, new market. I'm just going to say, screw it. I'm going to go like as hard as I can. I don't really know the service all that much, but like, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to roll with the flow. And I did eight that day. And like, once you have like a big day, it's just like, oh, like, why don't I just try to do that next day? And then the next day and the next day. And so you just like chase those big days over and over again. And before, you know, instead of doing like two or three, you're like five, six, seven, eight every single day. So that's where I feel like I started to get in my rhythm when I was like, had a big day and I was like, okay, I'm capable of like being a more elite level rep uh, as a rookie. And so I was like, I'm just going to strive to do that. And then all of a sudden you're competing with the guys that are doing really big days. And all you care about is beating them because you know, you're good and you think you're better than them. And so like the competition drives it. I love that's what Drew would always talk about. Drew Hansen. He was, and this is something he's almost the most passionate about when he, when he sees guys, you have to have like an eight day or a 10 day. Normally it's like two, three, four. It's like a big day. All of a sudden they pop off one day for a 10 day. It's right. And this is John's training, the internal locus of control. It's like, dude, control what you can control. But dude, if you have a good day, don't blame it on like the hood. Don't yeah. blame it on, you know, all the, the, the referrals that you got. Cause you signed this one person. No, 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 no. That was all you. Right. So like Drew has always said, dude, if you have a 10 day, why wouldn't you go out and do have another, you've already done it once, go do it again. Like, don't blame your surroundings, blame yourself. So if you have a bad day, it's also not your surroundings, it's you. But it's like, yeah, dude, I think when you had like that eight, eight day, something clicked within, with you know, within you that yeah. you're like, oh, well, whoa, why don't I just do this every day? Yeah, I, I remember Seeger talking about it before this last summer and he's like, he had a, his 100K week. He's like, that's my goal every week, 100K. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> But like, that's like kind of what it takes to like really just all of a sudden start ramping. And that's like what the ramp's all about is just chasing those big days. So Drew, expectation versus reality. You write down 650K, it's done, it's happening. You've got the belief, I feel like. What was the biggest difference in you get out there, Mississippi, Louisiana to start the year and you're like starting your golden door journey. What was the biggest expectation versus reality shocker? Uh, in like the actual execution of going and getting the golden door done. Um, was there anything that was like, Oh dude, I did not, I did not, I knew it was going to be hard, but I did not foresee this being like a hiccup or a ripple that made it that much harder. I think like the consistency about it, right. It's like pretty easy to go out and have a, a big day, but it's like, if you want to do golden door, you have to have <laughs> a big day almost every single day. And 
I remember texting you about it all the time during the summer, like, dude, I'm having a bad day. This is like a bad day. And you'd always, you'd always reply like the golden door guys make their bad days like decent days. And so that, that was like a big difference is instead of going out and only getting one or two, it's like, I somehow made it happen to squeeze out like four or five on like a bad day. And then instead of being satisfied with like six, seven, it's like, no, I'm pushing for like nine, 10, 11 on like those really good days. And so like just continuing to push yourself over and over again. Um, and then for me, one of the biggest differences I noticed is my past two previous summers, I had like super slow starts. Like obviously rookie year, you figured out, you don't like know a ton. And then your second, my second year, I just, <laughs> I had a really slow start my second year. And it's like, once you have that slow of a start, all of a sudden you're like goals start changing yeah. for the worse. Um, so I was so determined to have like a really hot start. Cause I knew if I had a hot start, I'd be like, I'd like be so mad if I like didn't do it, if I had a really good start. So I ended up having a good start and that made a huge difference. Dude, I would love for you to talk about, right? Cause I, I don't think a lot of people when they're at one and it's seven o'clock, eight o'clock and they're just like, dude, I think I'm going to be in a better spot. If I go home, relax, like chill out and then I'll start the next day tomorrow. What people don't realize is even if that one turns into three, yeah, you know, and those like, those numbers add up Huge. and all of a sudden like August rolls around and those one days that you turned into three days, took two weeks off of your, like your knocking trajectory. Yeah. Dude, talk me through like, maybe it was those texts from Easton, but when you're at one at 7 PM, like how did you turn those one or maybe two days into four or five days when your back was up against the wall? Yeah. I, I am like, I like, I like to draw my days out. And if I start off slow, I like start to get pretty panicky inside. And, um, like I know, like I need to at least make a decent day out of this. And so for me, I would like, I would just try to go to where I feel like I would have the best chance of like succeeding and like getting, a, getting like deals to get me going. Cause all it takes is one to change it. And then all of a sudden one, then you hit the neighbor and then it's just a couple down the road. And all of a sudden, instead of that one day, it's, you ended up getting four and it's like, whoa, like how did I do that? And so for me, I was just, again, I would like start to panic and I wouldn't even think about taking a break. That's like where my, my mindset was way different this past year. Instead of being like, Oh, I need, I deserve it. I need, I worked hard, didn't work. Like I'm not having like super good success. It's like, no, I need deals. Like I don't, it's not a one at this point. It's like, yeah. I need to like not have a one or two day. And so you just, when you had that mindset, somehow, somehow it just works out. Like, and I think it might be good karma, but somehow it just works out because like that's the mindset you're in. And so I feel like the pest gods just reward you for it. Facts. It's desperation. I, love I, I forgot I who talked to, who, who talked about that on the podcast. They're just like, dude, I was desperate. Adam Hayron. He's like, dude, I was desperate. I was desperate for a golden door this year. And when you have true desperation, dude, you're willing to do things that nobody else is willing to do. And if golden door is your goal and you're desperate for it, you just have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get it done and stopping at seven, eight o'clock at night because you're just having a bad day. Doesn't you're not, you're not desperate. You're not desperate. Yeah. You know, we had to talk about it. Drew Wood, rumble champ. Oh, oh yeah. yes. We, we, abso we absolutely had to talk about it. I've been to a ton of offices uh, in my time doing this and perhaps the best office I have ever visited, most electric, tighten it all the things that you look for in an office was that office down in mississippi louisiana tyler speak to the wait, wait wait can you say that one more time mississippi louisiana and tyler yeah but the better yeah, yeah i think the best team ever. i i would say 
perhaps the best team I've ever visited. Really, I would say jury's still out. We'll see what uh, we'll see what Hotwood can stew up for next year. <laughs> we're, we're we're already running it back. But uh, my question is, like, do what role did the team, your people, uh, the culture that you were surrounded by play in your huge summer? But then, like, the second part to the question would be like, how has that affected your growth as a leader? Yeah. I am just, first of all, I just want to shout out to all those guys, hood girls. I am so blessed to have the opportunity or had the opportunity to not only lead, but like be with them. They're like such amazing human beings. And the vibe of that team was just like unmatched. Like it was just so unmatched. And so to all of them, I'm super grateful because they pushed me a lot this summer because I didn't want to fail for them. Not necessarily for me. I just didn't want to fail for them. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I needed a lead for the front, like for my guys. And so that pushed me every single day. Um, My role, I had a super great co-manager too, shout out Ryan Jenkins. Um, But my role is just obviously I just wanted to lead from the front and just get everyone dialed and trained the best that I could. And I knew, I knew how. So it looked like obviously a lot of like one-on-one trainings, um, team running meetings and such and so forth. And then I feel like where a lot of pressure for me was just like leading from the front and making sure everyone was like, I was that pace setter so that they can try to reach for it. And a lot of guys stepped up on that team and we had like a lot of elite reps on that team. Um, But if it wasn't for them, they made my job super easy to lead from the front because I wanted to work hard for them because I knew they were working hard. You know, you're not trying to like uh, pull people up. It's like, I know they're working hard. And so like it made it way easier for me to just go out and work hard and not think about myself and think about them. It's such a unique culture to be able to even say like, yeah, I knew my reps were working hard. Like yeah. that we take that as like such a given. Dude, that's like, that's 99% of the battle at every other place that you're looking at is, yeah. is getting the reps to work hard. So Drew, how can, can I ask you yeah. a question? East? Yeah. What about that team made it? You said it's like the, one of the most amazing teams you've ever seen. What about that team you, with all the teams you've been to made you say that? From I an th- outside, I, I think yeah. this is interesting for I th- Drew I think, to listen to too. I think a combination of of really bought in leadership, very bought, very aligned, very unified leadership. Like talking to Ryan and Drew pre summer, it was very clear. Like, hey, we want to have the most united culture. We want to be the tightest knit. We want this to feel as comfortable, safe, and as much of a positive A-plus experience as we can potentially deliver. And it was very clear from the outset that, like, it was (laughs) I single. That that was it. So I think that plays a huge – I think that's a huge part. But the other thing that I think gets gets really overlooked – when it comes to like team creation and culture building and delivering an A plus experience is deciding right from the beginning of the summer, like what exactly does it look like for us to milk every last drop out of this team? And I felt that there was always a specific plan tailored to the reps. Anytime I would call Drew or Ryan and normally it's like, Hey, what's the story with this guy? And there's so many things going on in the summer a lot of times the answer that I'll get from management is, I don't know, like, let me check. Well, like, what let, me, I do? let me get back to you tonight. Or they call me, what should I do? It just always seemed that there was a different level of care. It seemed that, there, and, th- and that came from Drew. And I, I guess I'd ask Drew, uh, like, dude, where do you think that stemmed from? Like, it, it just seemed that there was a whole other level of buy-in and care for each other. Where do you think that stems from, and and what do you think were things that you did on a team level to instill that yeah. in the squad? So some things are intangible. I think the biggest thing that I noticed, and like 
part of it is just how it shook out. Like we, at the end of the day, were like such a family. Instead of just coworkers and friends, like we were actually family. Everyone from that team still hangs out with each other after the summer, like all the time. And so we just mesh super well. I think for friends and coworkers, you're willing to go so far, but for family, you're willing to go so much further. And so it was almost like in, instead of pulling teeth, it was just like checking up on one another, making sure we're, hey, you're okay. Um, and I think everyone had their best interests in mind. No one like wanted to, yeah, there's a level of competition in the office, but no one wanted someone not to succeed. And I think that that combined unity of wanting everybody to, to succeed just honestly let us just launch and take off. And then again, from the very beginning, once we realized we were pretty talented, we just started manifesting. We will win the Rumble. We will win the Rumble. We will win the Rumble. And it's a lot of times on teams, like everyone says that and it's like, yeah, but like, we, I think everybody really believed it. And again, it's, it slowly turned into an expectation. Like, yo, we're one of the top teams. Like we will win the Rumble. We're not like we actually will. And so that combined family feeling and unity, I think just let us take off. Dude, I've got a question for you. So a lot of the people in door to door are also, most of them are just young college kids. They're single, right? They, their biggest struggle, their biggest fear is like, I mean, realistic, like my first summer, I didn't have a fear. My second summer, I wasn't married, no kids, had yeah. no fear. What I loved about you, your second summer, you guys had Brooksy. When was he born? March 2022. Yes. So right <laughs> before your second summer. Dude, talk us through all the married people that are listening to this podcast that have newborns. They're like, okay, I guess like once I've had a kid, dude, having kids are tough. I've got two and dude, they yeah. are exhausting. You have, dude, you, ever since you had a kid, you've just continued to level up. Dude, talk, talk us through, or maybe to the married people that are having kids, like how do you juggle the home life with also being just right desperate for that golden door? It's a great question. Yeah, um, it's not easy. Like, yeah. like, I think anything worth it's really just not that easy. And I think having a family and a, another child adds a whole different element of like stress and, and things you got to worry about during the summertime. Uh, I actually talked to John about this. Uh, before one of the summers and I think drawing out a plan with your family is like so important if you don't have like a vision a lot of people call it like an eternal perspective if you don't have like a vision of what you want it to look like for your family it just gets chaotic but if you have the vision and it's super clear then it makes it way easier to do like the extra difficult things I'm like beyond grateful and blessed for my wife Alyssa um, because she gets the vision with me and she totally understands it and so when she's out there in the summer and it's hot and you're in a hotel room with your one-year-old who <laughs> cries all the time. Who's on crack mode right now. <laughs> He's on crack mode right now. Uh, <laughs> and, like that's, I'm sure that's almost not even easier than knocking doors. Like it's probably just as difficult. But if you're aligned in your perspective, and I'm not here giving marriage advice, but if you're like aligned in your perspective, I think it makes all the difference because you know what you're working towards and you're working for. And then all of a sudden you get to start seeing the benefits of what all the hard work you had. So drew, this is totally switching veins, which I thought, I mean, I'll call it marriage advice. If you want, I thought that was so sage. 100%. I thought that was sage. Hotwood. Well, dude, so, so many people, right? So many people are like, we're getting to the point. How old are you? 25, 25, dude, you, kids start coming. And like all of a sudden, like, you realize that your life just looks way different. You're like, can I still be elite in this and still work the crazy hours and like maintain my marriage, maintain my relationship with my kids? 
But yeah, dude, if you just have the plan, you know where you're going. And as long as you and your wife, right, or husband, whoever's knocking, have that same vision, yeah. dude, it makes it so much easier. One thing I'll say too is you choose your hard. Yeah, we work for four, four and a half months out of the year super hard. And I'm probably not as pressed as I want to be. But like maybe a nine to five every day of the year, it's like I get to enjoy so much time with my family now. I probably wouldn't have otherwise yeah. too. So that's like a whole different perspective. And you guys understand that, right? Yeah. And that was part of the conversation. And I just love it because you had to having a newborn over the summer. You're not sleeping probably. I mean, the first year I remember oh, yeah. you saying like, you brutal. weren't sleeping. You're waking up and having to like, it just gets harder into Chuck's points. Like, dude, if it's not this summer, like what summer yeah. life is not going to get easier as you get older. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, okay, I'm getting married. I've got like, it's a new marriage. Like I've got to, it's going to well, wait till you have a kid. Wait till you have two kids. Like if there's not, if there's a time to get a big goal done, it's now. Right. But no, East, keep going. Sorry. Well, what I was going to ask Drew, and this is one where I, I genuinely don't know the answer. I'm curious to ask this question. How have you seen the biggest changes in Drew Wood from the person who came in to the Visium building three years ago, had never sold to the person in the podcast room right now? Like, what do you think? are the biggest changes that you've noticed in yourself uh, since you've started working here? I'm I'm just way more, I'm just a winner. Now I just feel way more confident in my ability to set out goals and then achieve them. And this past summer helped me grow a ton in it. But like, I just feel like I'm going to be way successful in whatever I do. Hopefully it's just for a really, really long time. And that doesn't, that's not meant to be like cocky, but being surrounded by such great people and going out and doing way hard things like knocking doors is not easy. It's like, it takes a lot of people a lot of time to get out of their comfort zone and then being able to help other people do it. Uh, I just feel like I could be way more successful than I would have previous to, to selling at the grit. And I feel like my, what I expect again, talking about this past summer, but what I expect out of my life is just now way higher. Like I have way bigger dreams. I have way bigger aspirations because I've already had all these dubs and now I'm just looking for what's the next thing that I could accomplish. What's the next thing to make my life great, my the life of my family and those around me. What can I do to just make people happier and, and you know, improve the quality of life of those around, around me? No, 100%. And, and even thinking about that, dude, and Easton's asked this question a lot, right? Like what does excite you moving forward? Like you're like, it, it, it's, it's opened my eyes. What does Hotwood want for the next three, four, five years in his life? Yeah, like speaking of grit, sure, just grit, in general, and just in general, like what does it look like? When when I think about the things that excite me the most is just like being able to give happiness to my family and those around me. That's like what excites me the most. And so seeing the growth in people is honestly what excites me. Like right now in our stage of life, we're building a house. We're gonna move into it. Like that's a big step for yeah. our family. And like, and I know my wife's so excited about it, and that makes me so happy that like we're getting that space. And so that, that's what honestly brings me a ton of joy. And then like, for example, seeing the brother, like seeing the growth in my brother yeah, go from first year making unspeakable low amounts of money to then all of a sudden making over a hundred thousand dollars and God. just his growth uh, and then the growth of all those people. So that's what excites me the most. And I hope to, to build and continue to build not only you know, to eventually get off the doors and, and build a team that's sustainable for my family, but like just impact as many lives as we can. And I know that's like a theme at the grit, but it honestly is just the, the biggest reward that we have. 
No, I love that, dude. I love it. I love it. I love it. Almost got me in tears out here on the pad, dude. <laughs> I that, know. I'm like thinking about my brother. That, that, Adam, yeah. that Adam Wood guy, dude. He'll make me he's, weep. He's special. Huh? Okay. We're, we're regathered. <laughs> my question is this, Drew, and, and this is where, I, and, and I'd be interested to hear your perspective. We've heard plenty of answers this season on what grit means to the reps that have sat down on the other side of the table. For you, Drew, we've heard about the differences that you've seen in yourself. We've heard about uh, like your why and, and the influence that the team played on you this summer and your confidence and belief and ability to do hard things and be a winner. But, Drew, if you had to sum it up, like what does grit mean to Drew Wood? Yeah, I was thinking about this one. Um, for me, grit is achievement. It's a lot of times when you think of grit, you think of hard work, determination, doing hard things and those things are all true but all of those things precede what you ultimately want being success and achievement that's literally everything that i've had at the grit but also like being a like a gritty individual is putting in all those inputs and for me the, like the definition of grit is getting what you want out of your life and achieving right and and again th those stack upon one another but for me grit is just like achievement and that's what i've seen in my life since working at the grit you know i love that and actually we have time for one more question I, dude i want to do the one the the elevator question right like you're in an elevator with a rookie that is to realize looks up it's like oh sh this is drew wood like golden door rep he did this his first year second third dude what advice he's asking you dude what is you've got 30 seconds give me the best thing that you can give me as i go out for my first summer might be with the grit might not be with the grit what's your advice to that guy in the elevator um become obsessed that's what i would say would be the such good advice would just want something so bad you're absolutely obsessed with it and that's all you think about and that's again that that was probably the biggest difference maker for me this past summer was i just felt i was way more obsessed with my goal way more obsessed with making sure our team you know was great and, and that we were accomplishing what we set out to accomplish so Become it, just become obsessed, and there's many ways to do it. Uh, I trained with Calvin uh, before the summer, thinking I was going to train on switchovers because I knew it was going to be a thing. Uh -huh. Next thing, we're just like talking about how, mentality and everything. And he said something that stuck with me super heavy throughout the full summer was uh, like we talked, we call it downloading demon mode and like going dark. And, and you could also just say like becoming obsessed. And so if you want something, just become obsessed to the point that when it goes hard, instead of your goals changing, you change to meet your goals. And then I feel like that's how you're going to become successful. And that's what we should end on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Drew Wood, you're a hero. Great dad, great man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Garth, hey. anything to add? No, hey, we love you. Hey, thanks we love so Brooks, much. We love Alyssa. Thanks for coming on, my guy. Thanks. That's for this episode of The Landing Pad. We out. Thank you for joining the podcast. This particular podcast was recorded at Rookery Studios in Orem and Salt Lake City, Utah. If you want to start your own podcast and need a studio, a hands-off, done-for-you studio from beginning to end, check us out. Go to our Instagram, Rookery Studios, or our website, therookerystudios.com for more information on how you can get your entire podcast done for you at a very reasonable price.